This is the MLW Radio Network. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy holidays. It's good to see you, Ritster. Oh, here it is. Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Santa's going to be coming down that uh, down that chimney. You got a chimney at your house, Rit? That's a baseball jersey. Uh, uh, behind it, behind it. That's a smoke detector. No, no. What? It, what is that, by the way? It looks like a steel chair. Oh, okay. That is... What what is that exactly? That's not a fireplace. That's a that, that's the the ductwork. Yeah, that goes down, so it's close enough. You showed me ductwork to try to. You're gonna have Santa come on down. That son of a bitch! Oh gosh! Open the show. Let's get it going. Ah, oh, Freeland. So, well, we've got a another amazing star. This one is not in front of the curtain. We're going to go behind the curtain. We're going to go into the office, up the elevator of WWE Towers. Okay. I'm, I'm excited. I'm ready to go. I am following you down the yellow brick road, my friend. So basically what you're trying to tell me is on this edition of Future Stars Now, we are going to be talking to someone from the corporate world of pro wrestling, somebody specifically who was not too far from the ivory towers. Am I correct in that assumption? Not too far. She was in them. And, Whoa. well, let's bring her on down. Let's do it. It is time to bring in our guest on Future Stars now. <laughs> what is going on, Marie? How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? I am excellent. Uh, <laughs> hopefully you are uh, enjoying the holiday season. Are you doing anything in particular? Uh just relaxing, kicking back some eggnog, watching some movies, or? Uh, pretty much. Just all that you described. Kicking back, relaxing at home, uh, and probably make some coquito. Because, you know, I'm half Puerto Rican, so, you know, I have that. <laughs> very, very nice. Um, so, we're going to be talking about your career within WWE and the fact that you were on the corporate side of that, which is fascinating because when we had all spoke before, obviously, this episode went on, you had enlightened me on so many things that I was so unaware of. And I think the big thing is this. We think we know what's going on. I think we all try to to play the whole Booker aspect when we're at the house, right? We're watching something. We know what's going on. We know what's happening. But little do we really know what's happening with the big man with the uh, voice. Did he come up to you and ever tell you good morning? That ever happened? Um, no, um, unfortunately, that was not part of like my department. Uh, but we did get like messages trickled down through like the supervisors and the bosses that were underneath uh, Vince. So like, you know, I guess that could be the closest to us ever getting a good morning. And then whenever they sent out like email blasts uh, to our email, sometimes it'd be from Vince or Stephanie or Triple H. And it would just say the same thing or just remind you of like whatever corporate events are happening or whatever um events are going through the building and stuff so you know that's like the closest 
Wow. So we've kind of teased about this a little bit, but so Marie actually worked with inside WWE and she worked and I want to make sure I get this correct. What was the exact name of the department that you worked in? So it was the WWE network logging department. Oh, so you worked within the network, obviously, before they went to yeah. uh, to Peacock. Wow. Yeah. So you were part of the uh, the integral aspect of what was happening on the network. So if any of us were really ticked off, what we should have done was was tweet or text you and go, <laughs> why is this not on here, right? Pretty much. Um, yeah, you're not the first or the last person to tell me that every time. I'm like, hey, I worked in this department. Uh, but I tried my best with uh, the knowledge that I had with like WWE programming to make it the best for people when they're searching for things. So like, you know, I worked on like the SEO aspect of it. So like if you wanted to search for specific like John Cena matches, hopefully they popped up on you. If you wanted to search for like a casual thing of like whatever happened in like the Attitude Era, you know, or like the WCW Era, the Thunder, um, you know, thir- was it Thursday Night Thunder? Yeah. And like and like uh, Monday Night Nitro and stuff. Like hopefully like when you're searching for it, I made it easier for it to pop up for you guys. So you worked within the algorithms that kind of made it more user-friendly for people like us to be able to find what we're looking for instead of just typing things randomly going, I think this is what it is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was exactly like that. So so technically, it's your fault that Mikey would be up all night going down that rabbit hole, you know, from talking, thinking about one wrestler, and then he ends up three hours later on another one. I guess, man. <laughs> Yeah, he had this. He had this uh, fixation with Iron Mike Sharp. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. He was from the uh, the early '80s, but um, very interesting. He he said one night he couldn't get to bed, so he put the network on, and one thing led to something else, which then led to something else. And he said he stayed up all night watching the network. And uh, oh my God. <laughs> yes, but but let's kind of get into the the interesting part of this. So, how did you actually become a part? of wwe so you know kind of take us through that genesis of how did you find out about it and then how did you apply who did you talk to and then finally when did you get the job offer so basically all my life i've always wanted to like work for wwe so like that that's a very like important part of this um like it was always my dream like at seven i wanted to work with them as a writer but unfortunately i couldn't get my foot in the door that way i still got my foot in the door for like uh the wwe network uh logging department so I remember working this one job called uh, Spyscape here in New York, where like you go through and you become a spy. Um, and my friend uh, was working there too with me. And every time I bring up wrestling, she's like, hey, I have this friend um, and it happened to be her friend on Facebook who happened to be one of the hiring managers at WWE. So like me and her got talking on uh, Facebook for a little bit. Uh, the hiring manager was like, yeah, we're looking for someone with like, you know, wrestling experience and this and that and outlined everything. So I checked up all the boxes. So through her recommendation, plus applying for WWE um, directly from the WWE website for like, you know, the careers part and then sending her a direct um copy of my resume, bam, send it all in, wait a little while. And during the summer of 2018, like the beginning part of summer, that's when I got like the phone call of like, hey, can you, uh, you know, first I did the the phone interview and then the follow-up was, hey, can you come in? We think that you'll be a nice uh, fit. So I'm like ecstatic. The first person I call is definitely my dad because he knew from a very early age that's all I wanted to do was uh, be in the wrestling business, either as a wrestler, a writer, or something, but just go to WWE. So I called him first, and then I called up uh, my buddy 
uh, JD Alpha, who's also an indie wrestler, to tell him the good news. And he actually paid for my train ticket uh, to take the Metro North from the Bronx, because I'm in the Bronx, take from the Bronx all the way to Connecticut in the summer. Um, so I get over there. Um, I get off the stop that um, I need to get off, and I walk it in the in the summer heat. I walk it all the way to uh, the place where I'm needed to go for the interview, um, which is basically the production part of WWE. Uh, so I'm walking. I finally get to like the parking lot, and it's mad weird. Like I'm going to I'm going through a parking lot without a car. <laughs> I found that weird of thinking about it. <laughs> Um, so I finally go into the, the parking lot. Um, I go into the building and, and the security guards are like, uh, hi, can we help you? And I'm like, yeah, I'm here for an interview, um, with, um, Adam one. Uh, and you know, when I go in there, there's like the metal detector. And then like, there's these like really long stairs. And at the top of the stairs is this huge ass, um, frame of triple H back in like 2000. In like in, in his ring gear, and I was like, "This is this is interesting." Okay, <laughs> so I'm sitting with everyone else on the bench because everyone else is getting is waiting to like go in and like get interviewed. Um, and and the security guards are like, "Man, I hope you get it," because you know when I got there, I was like sweating bullets, um, all dressed up and everything. So I was just like, "Yeah, I hope too, man." Like I walked in the fucking heat to get here. Uh, so I finally go through the door and like. In this room, there's a bunch of cubicles. Everybody is working on their computer. Behind the door is a cutout board of John Cena. <laughs> I just thought that was like really hilarious that they had like John Cena there. Um, it's because you couldn't see him. He was I behind know, right? the door. But this, but this one time I was able to see him behind the door. So he was hiding out. It didn't work. So um, I go further. We're all talking about what's to be expected about this project. They say that it should be like a project to be done within like six months, uh, or it could be longer than that. Um, we just go through like, oh, you know, this is Monday Night Raw. This is this, this is that. You know, you're gonna be doing SEO and stuff. So after all of that, they, they obviously thought I was a good fit because uh, the next time around is me going back and forth between the Bronx and all the way to Connecticut just to uh, work on the WWE Network. L let me ask you this, just kind of to take a step backwards here. So when you applied, you sent the resume in, you, you did the stuff online as well. So how long was it from the application process before you actually ended up getting that first phone call for the over-the-phone interview part one? It didn't feel too long. It felt at least like um, maybe – three weeks tops. Uh, oh, that's not they bad. Were, yeah, because they were really looking for people to like fill the positions for both uh, morning and night. So they were really looking for people. So I, I think we've all kind of uh, lived vicariously through you. Like, what would we do if we walked into WWE? Like, what would a WWE interview actually look like? And um, you know, are they going to ask you like, hey, <laughs> I want you to tell me what you thought about Steamboat Savage Mania 3. Tell oh, me right man. now, the whole job depends on what you think about that match. Like, what was it? What did they ask you about wrestling? Um, It was just super laid back. For, for this particular position, it was, like, super laid back. Um, You honestly did not need to know that much about WWE product. But because I already came prepared with everything I know about wrestling plus WWE, like... They were just like, oh yeah, she she's good. Like you know, she gets this. Um, so so I, I'm a little bit of a different case. 
Um, I could tell you that from my coworkers that got hired, they didn't know shit. But you know, I I was there like it was just a laid back interview. It wasn't too like rugged. Um, they're not gonna ask you specific questions. It was just like, yeah, you know, this is this, this is this. Do you have any questions? You know, it was just super laid back. Was the person interviewing you wearing a championship belt? No, but it was probably one in that room somewhere. <laughs> oh my god! Like this is insane. It, it, it was really I like so... decked out, decked out in like WWE stuff and whatnot. Yeah. Like, <laughs> as a professional, right? As a professional, you walk in there, you want to conduct yourself. But are you kind of fanning out on the inside? Oh my god, like, I am. what the fuck is I was, this? I like, holy I, shit! I was I was marking out. You know, they say not to mark out, but I was marking out because it's like you know, like I like I gave the whole you know, intro of like, when you see the stairs before you go into the room, there's that, there's that picture of Triple H up there. And I was like, this is so weird. Like Triple H in this, and like in the 2000s gear and shit. And I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> did, did you have a bottle of water with you by any chance? Or just uh, they gave around me water. a little bit? <laughs> the, 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 the security guard gave me water. <laughs> what? Cause I, I was, I was sweating and everything. Yeah. You know, I need to be like, replen uh, like replenish. You know, Your electrolytes. I mean, yeah. holy cow! That's a that's a major major moment. And I mean, calling your dad. I mean, he had to have been thrilled, like over the moon for something like this, especially when he's known this is something you've wanted for so long. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, he was he was happy about it. Um, I cried like you know tears of joy for it because you never because people in in life say they want to go for their dream but half the time they don't really go for their dream and i've never steered away from like wanting to work at wwe or just wanting to work in the wrestling business in general so like you know to finally get that and still go on even after like wwe is like you know one of the greatest things that like i've accomplished and then for my dad to know that i did that so what was it like to have the entire vault at your fingertips and when you say entire vault, you mean like the whole WWE network stuff? The whole library. How do you stay focused yes. at work? So what they did was that during the couple of weeks of like orientation, uh, they were introducing like, you know, we're going to split you guys up. You guys are going to take X amount of, um, let's see, shows um, and you're going to work on them. So like, you know, they really did ask us what shows we wanted because they know that not everybody wants to watch like Total Divas or like any of the reality stuff. Me, I was automatically like, please don't give me that. Just give me wrestling. Just just give me SmackDown, uh, Raw, NXT, um, WCW, ECW, old school stuff. Do not give me any of the reality shows. And thank God they did not give me any of the reality shows. <laughs> they gave me all wrestling like how I wanted it to be. But like, let's say on a Monday, uh, they'll give you a task of completing like four shows. So I could I could have like two SmackDown shows that I have to like fix up for you guys or like um, a Raw could be in there, an NXT pay-per-view could be in there, an old school wrestling show um, could be in there. So it just depends on like what they give you uh, like Monday through Friday. And, and when you say fix it up, like what exactly are you doing? Are you editing, you know, you know so, cutting parts out? So basically, um, we weren't allowed to like edit like how you would um, like edit this video on like a video editor. What we would do is that we'll, we'll sit there, watch the whole entire show. And like, you know, let's say during the matches, let's say that we had like, 
I don't know, I'm just going to throw some stuff out there, like a Jeff Hardy match, right? Obviously, you have to name the competitors. So, like, if it's Jeff Hardy versus Matt Hardy, I have to put in there, like, Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, so that when you search for it, it pops up. Um, if something uh, in particular happens in the match, like I say, if it's a hardcore match, I have to like name all the weapons just in case if somebody wants to search tables matches and bam, here's all the list for tables matches. Um, even put in like the referee names or like, you know, the, the submission holds or like this move, that move. Like it was a really like sit there, watch it, and then like put everything you know into like this file. So that way when you search for something, it comes up smoothly. Wow. So basically you're like tagging yes. all these different things. So that's insane because I mean, you're literally watching hours on hours of footage. And I mean, I'm sure the nostalgia at some point did wear off. Um, I don't know. Uh, because, <laughs> yeah, because I guess we could go into story time. Uh, for yes. Uh, so I think, Hold okay, on a so, second. Hold okay. on. Can we call this segment? It's story time with Maria, baby. That's right. <laughs> uh, which is funny because it, it does deal with an NXT pay-per-view. So, <laughs> Look at that. It, the floor is yours. Continue. All right. So um, I'm always probably going to get this wrong, but there was that one NXT takeover that um, it – it had like two main events, right? The 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 main main event had uh, Johnny Gargano versus uh, Champa for like the millionth time uh, for that one. And I think beforehand um, it should have been like for the um, for the North American Championship title. It might have been Adam Cole in that match, or or Alistair Black at the time. But um, I keep forgetting like which exactly takeover this is. But this just bear with me with this, right? So I remember before even applying to WWE and getting in there, as a fan at home, I watched that takeover and I had like certain feelings about it because the co-main event um, was like, oh, this is beautiful. It's an awesome main event. And then when it came to the main, main event, I was like, why are we here? Like, why is this happening, right? So that same feeling happened when I was at WWE working on this same NXT takeover. And that's where like, it's sort of, I, I sort of fucked up. <laughs> so I'm there watching this as a fan, reliving that same feeling and that same moment of, oh my God, the co-main event is the best shit ever. And I forget that there is a main, main event. So I decide to send it in to my supervisor and not too long afterwards, he's like, hey, Marie, why did you forget the main event? And I was like, oh shit, there was a main event? Uh, no problem, man. I'll, I'll go. I'll go fix it up. So he gave it back to me, and I fixed it up, and I sent it back. And he was like, "All right, cool." Only to find out the next day, I had to talk with the boss, and I'm just there, like, <laughs> like the, the the boss, like, uh, we had this talk about, like, you know, uh, he's been asking me, like, you know, oh, what's going on with you? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Because I missed a main event. Are you talking about that? Like, just. Just tell me straight out. And he's like, yeah. And then basically I told him, oh, God. You got two words for him? No, but I did tell him that, um, you know, I told him that I watched it the same way that I watched it at home with the same feelings. And I also told him that, like, you know, 
um, honestly, like watching Gargano and Ciampa go head to head for so many for so many weeks, switching between babyface and and heel, it took me out of it. So like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like it. And then basically, I'm like, how many times are, are we really gonna do this? Like, I really don't like that segment. I didn't like that storyline. And he felt some type of way, but then I followed it up with, um, but don't you think I'm beating myself up? way worse than you're trying to scold me because I fucked up on like you know your video and then and then he was like all right you could go back inside I was wow. like yeah man like don't don't come at me scolding me for something that I know I fucked up on but I'm gonna tell you straight up that like that story is really horrible like you know how many times is Triple H gonna allow Gargano and Ciampa to switch from babyface to heel without you getting tired of it so, you know, me just being straight up and truthful in WWE wasn't always the best, but that that's like one of the many stories. Well, I mean, I think I, I think they should appreciate the fact that somebody has um, their own opinion on something as well instead of just being this robot. But I, I also feel like in the same breath, WWE just they're all about just doing what you're told to do. And, and is, if anybody bucks the system or you're kind of like the CM punk right there in that yeah. moment, you know what I mean? You had your own pipe bomb and it's just kind of like that kind of leads me to believe that the culture there, I mean, it's definitely a trickle down effect, you know, just, just do what you're told to do. And, and that can get frustrating, especially when you're not that type of person and when you're passionate about what you do and you really take pride in what you do. And I think that's exactly what you're trying to do. Uh, yeah, totally. 100%, man. Um, I was definitely the one that had, you know, passions for all wrestling, not just WWE, but I did learn that they wanted you to drink the WWE Kool-Aid. And I was not really about that because wrestling is wrestling, no matter what. Um, but like, I think if it was anyone else in that like boss position, they would have understood that, like, you know, she's also looking at this as a fan, you know, she also has like the same feeling she felt that day. And then when she has this thing again, like it's, it should be okay. You know, if the supervisor didn't give me shit, you don't really have to give me shit. Let me ask you this, because I think this kind of dovetails really well into this. So when you're, you're doing all this coding and you're doing all this programming with the network and. Did you ever feel like there were certain, or maybe you were told, are there certain words not to use? Because we all know Vince has oh, this <laughs> list of words you don't use. And I know wrestler is definitely one of them, which it, to, to this day, it blows my mind. You Maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong on that one, but like uh, belt is not, not, not a word that you're supposed to use. Do you have any insight or any stories about, hey, don't use these kinds of words, et cetera, et cetera? Um, the only thing that I can say for certain, uh, 100% is definitely the name of Chris Benoit. Um, anything else wasn't really told to us to really pay attention to, to not really use it. Um, and at that time, I don't think, uh, his band word list was so big. Um, so, you know, um, other than like Chris Benoit, I mean, one of the coworkers asked if, uh, he could put, uh, stocking in there. Just in case if somebody wanted to search stocking. And the only reason why that came up is because it was like Hulk Hogan in a match and uh, Sherry was like a manager to somebody else. So she took off her stocking and started like choking Hogan with it. So the co-worker was like, hey, uh, can I put in stocking? And I'm just there like, who the fuck is going to search stocking? <laughs> Hey, you would be surprised. Yourself. I know. There's some right? creepy, creepy well, little bastards out there. Well, 
Well, you said there's a stalking, and I'm thinking DDP coming over after Taker's wife. This is true. Uh, I was going to say pantyhose or yeah, uh, like knickers. <laughs> Maybe that's too old. Yeah, but they but, but they were just going around like what words to use for that one. But like the main main like name rather than a word was that you can't put Chris Benoit, and that was like after flipping and flopping for like the whole entire month of what he wanted. So right. I was just like, oh. <laughs> he's officially, I mean, to my knowledge today, he's officially scrubbed from anything and everything that is uh, WWE. Is he actually in any of the matches? Um, He was, like, when, when we were going through it, but, like, because, like, one week it was, like, it's okay to put him in. Next week it wasn't okay. And then, like, the, the following week it is. And then the next week it wasn't. You know, that was, like, the supervisor's thing to do if they wanted to take him out of it or not. But... It's one of those things of like it's weird. Look, look, like, like, how do you sit there? You're watching WrestleMania, and all of a sudden you get to the what you think is the main event, and all of a sudden it's not even there. I mean, it is. Um, we were just doing the SEO stuff. Like, if anybody wanted to edit it, they had their own department and their own people uh, for that. Um, and I know that the supervisors that were there, they they were frustrated with like a lot of things. So it was it was their job. My job was just to make sure that whatever I put, you guys could find. It seems to me that, like, when you said, you know, supervisors thought it was okay one day, it's not okay the next day, it, that seems like that is just stereotypical WWE. I mean, guys, yes. how many times have we, oh, they're going to go with this storyline. Oh, they're going to kill it this week. Oh, they're going to bring it back this week. Or, you know, Vince reads a script and he, and he likes it, but then he doesn't like it, and then he rewrites it before the show goes on. The It seems very and I use this term and I hope this comes across correct, very bipolar. It's a very, yeah. very odd way of doing business. And I can see where it would be very confusing to the employees when it comes to, Hey, these are things that we are going to do. Yeah. And so you go and you say, okay, I'm doing a, B and C. And then you come in the next day and it's, no, we're going to do mm -hmm. E, F and G. It's like, that could become very frustrating. Yeah, man. Um, but I, I was already used to it since like, you know, I grew up with WWE. I, I know what they do, but to some of my coworkers who probably did not know like Chris Benoit or like, you know, the tragic story surrounding him, they were a little more confused as to like why we can't put him in there or not, you know, stuff like that. Um, yeah. I mean, another thing too, was that uh, I guess you want like another quick story time. If this goes in with like frustrations um give me all you got because <laughs> i am soaking this in this okay. is this is like candy right now <laughs> all right so uh we all know how wwe feels about you know uh the young bucks um, yeah oh geez here we go So i have like i got like three different stories like including like the young bucks but this is number one uh so i had the i have the honor of looking at the smackdown that matt jackson appeared um to go through a table from big show so um, I had that one, and I see this, and I and I stop, and I mark out, and I ask the supervisor. I was like, "Hey, Matt Jackson just showed up on on my <laughs> on SmackDown. <laughs> like, what do I do?" He's also marking out too because I can see in his face. His face lights up, and he's like, "Oh, really?" And then he gets back to being professional. He's like, "Um, you know what? You know, put in put put in Matt Jackson." So he gave me the okay to put in Matt Jackson into the SEO for people to find for that one. So I was just like, oh, this is like so super, super cool about that one. Um, so yeah, 
So that's like story number one of like the unbucks. Um, story number two, because story number three, you'll, you'll like better. Um, <laughs> so story number two is that if you guys have ever read the Young Bugs book, there's a chapter where like Matt and Nick are talking about like, you know, what they're doing for like All In and like how WWE like called them up and was like, hey, we want to offer you deals. This is before All In, right? So, you know, I'm excited too as a fan about this. And this was during the time that I was working there. And, um, you know, I come back from... Um, from lunch a little bit early, go go into the room and we have like the two bosses along. No, actually, sorry. We have the one boss who's Vince's like right hand man um, in there, um, along with uh, the supervisors. And they're all talking about all in. And they're talking about that Wrestle Kingdom um, show that had Kenny Omega and uh, Tanahashi headline. And I'm sitting in the chair and I'm like, are we supposed to be listening to this? Like, are, are we supposed to be talking about this? I said this out loud. I was like, I was like, we're talking about All In. We're talking about Wrestle Kingdom because Triple H is telling them, like, you know, Triple H is telling the main guy to tell them that you guys are going to be watching it and logging these shows. And I was like, am I allowed to hear this shit? Like what is going on, right? And my and my coworker who I became friends with, he he's all like. Just enjoy it. <laughs> so, so you guys ever wonder why the next chapter in that Young Bugs book was like Triple H called him to offer them extra money and extra things? It's because they did watch All In and they also did watch Wrestle Kingdom. So like Triple H was like, bam, we're going to give them more money. I was just there like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like I'm listening now, to this stuff. Now, now uh, do you think Triple H and them offered them more money? To kind of shut down their momentum they were getting, or well, no or, or, or because of the talent that they seen. Uh, it could be both because I do feel that Triple H knows where he when he spots talent and knows how to bring the best out of people, as like we've seen like you know throughout him uh, managing NXT. So I think it's a little bit of both, a little bit of both of like slowing down their momentum, and obviously these guys need need a home. So why not? Triple H is like, yo, come to WWE, we'll give you a home. Uh, but yeah, it's a little bit of both. Um, and then my favorite one, my favorite third story, which you guys are gonna like. That second uh, one is kind of hard to beat because exactly. Oh no, I it's mean, not. holy shit! I'm <laughs> no, gonna have not, to tell. I'm gonna have to talk to Jerry to <laughs> to tell Nick and Matt this story because this is this is six degrees of of Kevin Bacon. This is the epitome of it. Well, what you're on one side is on the other. Love it. Well, if you want to know, Matt and Nick do know that I went to WWE because. Because I did meet them at the big event and I told them, like, I went there with your book bag uh, for, for the time that I was there and stuff like that. And this is where we get into part three of uh, this little story, okay? So, um, by the way, this is my favorite one to, like, actually tell people. Uh, so, we're all gathered together, including uh, boss number two. Um, and we're watching up on the TV, we're watching some um, Thursday Night Thunder, and inside it's uh, the NWO, uh, Eric Bischoff had just finished um, interviewing, well, I guess interviewing like Hogan and stuff and whatnot, and they go and do, you know, the famous Too Sweet. Yep. So um, my other coworker, you know, turns to boss number two and is all like, oh, so they, meaning the Young Bucks, uh, stole the two sweet from them, right? Me being uh, the protector of wrestling and me opening my mouth. 
um, basically jumped in and, and was like, hold up. Because boss number two already agreed that the Young Bucks stole the too sweet thing. And I was like, nope, hold up. That's not how it happened. Um, I basically chimed in and said, um, if you go through the interviews, Kevin Nash said it was okay for them to use it. Um, and then boss number two rolls his eyes and basically says, you can't tell Marie anything because she's a Young Bucks fan. And I was I was really about to uh, go off on him until my coworker was like, Marie, don't you dare shoot on him. Like, bite that tongue of yours. <laughs> and so I was just like, oh, man, you you survived this time. But um, but yeah, so that happened. And then after everything, me meeting the Young Bucks at um, the big event, I did tell them that I went to WWE and I took their book bag with, with me, told them stories or whatever. So if you do pass along that message to them, they basically know who you're talking about. That is so, I mean, it's crazy because you as the true wrestling fan, okay? And, and you said another coworker of yours was, was a true wrestling fan too, but th there were people who were not so much, right? They were in there just doing the job and, okay. Did you ever feel like, I, I really need to clue these people in on what's happening? Like, you're like, you don't understand what's happening right now? Oh my gosh. So- with not being a wrestling fan, did they in, obviously they? I don't know if they enjoyed it as much as you would have enjoyed it. Did, did they talk? Have you guys talked when you guys were outside of the offices? Did they were they big time um, wrestling fans or were they more of just wanting to get into the programming aspect of it? Or I mean, everybody had a different background, um, but it did feel like they just grabbed anyone off the street, and and, and that's just me being prideful for like me loving wrestling. There's only about like two um, during during the morning shift because I'm not gonna talk to the ones at night but um during the morning show there's only two that i was like these two are these two are on my level everyone else wasn't on my level unfortunately um but we did have like a really good time at uh one day where it was like um happy hour it was it was a friday we got we got out early and um vince paid for like all of our drinks and all of our food so um we were so like we went to this like little mini place that wasn't too far from like the building where we had like bottomless drinks and this like hybrid of Asian and like like a hybrid of food in one of the trucks. So Vince paid for all of that. I'm there mingling with everybody. I'm handing out my business card to like people who work in like production and people Smart. who uh, work on a YouTube channel uh, that had uh, up, up, down, down and talking with them and talking with my other coworkers and stuff like that. So like I was, I wasn't the life of the party, but I definitely was going through and being like, Hey, who are you? Hey, who are you? Hey, who are you? Um, so like, you know, I could tell the different levels of what like people were at, but if we're talking about my coworkers, there was only like two that I was talking with. Everyone else was just like, eh, you know. Wow. So so you you get your foot in the door with the the network, but that's not really your true passion. No. So so your true passion from you know talking to you and reading your stuff is is writing. So well, are are you trying to get your foot in the door, you know? trying to get in creative, trying to get in writing, you know, anything like that while you're, you know, there in the network? So I know that um, this, th there was going to be a certain time where, like, 
you know, they could either let you go because uh, we were seeing it like while we were there that like they were they were letting people go who messed up on their work. Right. We'll get to that later about me. Uh, um, so uh, I knew that eventually they might have asked if like you want to go to a different department because why not? It's WWE. Like if you know that someone is not doing their best in the department that they're in. Try moving them and let's see what, you know, what passions they could like try to help the business, right? Because more money equals like uh, awesome things. Um, at the time, I wasn't trying to be like, hey, boss, you know, I want to go to a different department. At the time, I was like, I got to finish these uh, uh, these shows up and whatnot, um, which leads me to uh, for the three months that I was there, unfortunately, I was writing a script about how to introduce Tanahashi. Um if he did not win his match against Kenny Omega at that Wrestle Kingdom, how would that look like if he came over to the WWE universe and be introduced to the fans? So I wrote a three month uh, script of like him starting at Royal Rumble, ending all the way at WrestleMania, chasing Shinsuke Nakamura. And that was going to be my. Hold on one second. Looks like we're having a little bit of technical uh, issues the writing with department, the feed. But, um, Are we good? All right. Pause here for a quick second. I know we had a little bit of a glitch in the feed. Uh, can you hear me now? It's my, it's, yeah, I can, I can hear, I can hear you. Rit, you good? Yeah, Rit is good. I'm good. I'm good. Cool. So, okay. All right. All right so, so, pick, so pick it up for you. You, you wrote out. the three months. So. And then obviously chasing yeah. uh, Nakamura. All right. So as I was working there for three months, I wrote this um, wrestling script where it's, uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi coming over from New Japan Pro Wrestling and being introduced to the WWE Universe if Triple H would have got him over if Tanahashi did not win his match against Kenny Omega over at that Wrestle Kingdom that I keep forgetting the number of. So I did it from Royal Rumble all the way to WrestleMania, chasing Shisuke Nakamura, and I thought that would have been a nice intro. Um, come to find out that like WWE was not having it, or I should say like that department was not having it to move me because unfortunately the only time that I got to pitch that uh, or even pitch the idea of like sending me to a different department, if they felt so strongly that I messed up on logs like that, that would have been a, that would have been a thing, right? Like you would think that you have an employee here who's passionate, but you don't want to move them somewhere else where their talents can shine. Um, and not to get like too ahead, but that's like, what they gave me as the answer for why they were letting me go. I usually say budget cuts just to be like on a professional level. Um, but mainly it was because they said I messed up on three days worth of logs. And I was like, what? And then giving me crocodile tears and HR being upset with me. And I'm like, lady, I don't know you. I never met you. I don't know why you're upset with me. Um, but you know, that happened, and it happened during lunchtime, which is fucked up. 
Like, why would it happen during lunchtime? I didn't get to eat yet and stuff. So they decided to let me go on apparently me messing up on three days worth of logs when people have been messing up on the logs since like day one, you know? Um, and also I didn't understand why I couldn't be an asset because another lady in HR actually called me after hours to help her um, understand one of the events uh, that was happening that was all about the woman's uh, evolution. Mm -hmm. So I was there giving her tips uh, telling her the rundown of like everything that was happening and stuff. So like, I value her. She was awesome. She needed my help and I gave my help. But then when it came time to like, let me go, it was a weird freaking dynamic of crocodile tears from like the main boss. And then the other HR lady being upset with me. And I'm like, okay, maybe this is not going to work out. I'm not going to get the chance to go and, you know, live my dream as a writer, um, which I really do have my degree in writing and also a publishing certificate too. So it's like, you know, I could have helped out. Uh, we could have been getting awesome stories on the WWE programming, but you know, th that's how like the chips fall sometimes in WWE where, you know, they just see you as a person or maybe not, maybe a number, but yeah. And by the way, I got over them within like a day and a half because I went to training after, <laughs> after I got let go. <laughs> So it's, it sounds like to me, you know, and this is me just kind of thinking out loud here, but they might have even been a little bit intimidated by the fact that you were so confident in yourself and that you were not just going to be one of these robots, these good little soldiers who who does, you know, just do what you're told, do what you're told, and you try to go ahead and, and, and reach a new level or try to find ways to do things even a little bit better or make yourself stand out maybe in some way they felt a little intimidated by that. And they're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. We need all of our employees to know their position and whatnot. And I, I don't know. It's, it's as confused as you are it's sitting and hearing the story. I think I'm as equally confused because you're doing a great job. You clearly know the product, which should be a qualifier to work for the company, in my opinion. Yeah. And the fact that you've written a three-month script with a storyline and you want to say after this – you know, project is done. What else can I do? And then it was just kind of like, oh, well, you made some errors. So you're uh, being future endeavored. So <laughs> pretty much yeah. that's exactly how it is. That's exactly how it feels like looking back on it. I was like, ah, oh, man, you know, like I could have been helping you guys make um, awesome story and like continue things and not have, you know, Twitter be upset at you guys all the time. It, it, to me, like, when I work at work, you know, where I work at, if, if you see somebody messing up something, you know, for one day, okay. But if you see him messing up two days, wouldn't you sit there and, you know, pull him aside and say, hey, uh, you know, what's going on? Is your, is your head clear? You know, not wait until three days and not even give you, you know, a chance to talk and just, you know, good luck in your future endeavors. I don't know. Um, I was a little confused about that too because they also told me that um, oh, you could have went to the supervisor to to ask him about things. Like it was very vague, and I was like, well, if I don't know if I'm messing up, how am I going to go to the supervisor to be like, hey, am I messing up? Right. You know, like um, I, I mean, the supervisor the one time where I told you guys that like I forgot the main event, he did pull me to the side and be like, why did you forget it? 
are you okay? You know, that, that was good. But like everything leading up to my future endeavor was never like, hey, you know, we got to talk about this. Like you're messing up on this, you're messing up on that. Like nothing was ever talked about. Um, and I don't think um, the talking was ever done to like anyone else um, in the circle too. So like, it was just one of those random things that were like, oh yeah, we got to make up an excuse. Was there anything when you were working there that they told you not to talk about? Was there any type of confidentiality agreement? Was there anything about don't tell anybody what you've seen here, uh, like Area 51? Um, um, your phones were tapped. There. No, uh, we did not sign any like confidential uh, things. Like you, like automatically, you know, you shouldn't be like tweeting anything now, which I never really did until like after the fact that I was let go. Because then I could like talk about it like this. Um, they really didn't tell us like not to really talk about it at home or whatever. Um, even though like I talk about wrestling twenty four seven, so you know that's kind of hard. <laughs> um, no, but I think there was there was one thing that I want. No, what? Oh, oh, that's exactly what I wanted to say because the first time being there for a while, it felt like Fight Club. Because it felt like no one like people knew we were we were there. People knew we were a department. But we weren't talked about. <laughs> so we were just, it felt like Fight Club. So it's uh, it's one of those situations where there's this rumor that things are around, but you can never really confirm those rumors are really right. true. It's a wink, <laughs> wink, nudge, nudge. This conversation never really happened. Yeah. Um, I, I felt like that was the weirdest thing to, to be because, like, you know, we were sort of away from, like, the main building. And no one really visited us except for like boss one and boss two just to check in on us and whatnot. Um, and then uh, during lunchtime, I would just go and um, hang out with the production crew because um, you know, those uh, production trucks where like everyone is sitting there and they're all like, all right, cut the camera like 12 yep. or whatever. It was similar inside the place, except that it's um, all WWE network programming making sure that this TV show goes on at this time, making sure this goes on at that time. So like it was control center. So half the time after I'm done eating, I would just go hang out with them and just watch wrestling and just talk about things. And take, and take a picture in front of like, you know, the WWE network, um, like artwork and stuff, you know, just living was, the dream. <laughs> that, that was back then when they're like, okay, we need seven. Okay. Twelve. Yeah. Okay. 15. Now it's, <laughs> I need uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 6, 10, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, and we're getting 36 camera angles in 30 seconds. The, the, the cuts actually have made me nauseous at times. Like, there, there have been episodes of Raw in a match where I get motion sick yeah. because it's 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 too much. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. But um, luckily, in the control center for, like, just when the um, uh, the shows go, go live, at least they, they weren't doing that there. They weren't, like... Um, this is this, this this they were just like all right cool you know maybe at two o'clock it's um episode eight of total divas and then i don't know um i guess at three o'clock it's uh smackdown episode whatever um that like they'll show on the wwe network so there are places in the world that still have the network and then the, obviously there's places here in the united states is converted over to peacock and, and i think a lot of wrestling fans just automatically assume that the network is gone and it's just nbc peacock but not necessarily the case because i believe in canada where some uh some of our friends are uh they still have the network itself or at least some remnants of what the network was 
Yeah, um, ever since like you mentioned that to me, um, I've been seeing it pop up in my timeline about like, you know, the WWE Network still being around. Um, but as far as in, you know, United States, we have to deal with uh, Peacock. So did your did your programming um, in working on your stuff, did that convert over to Peacock, I would assume? I have no idea because I don't have any ties to anybody. So I don't text anybody to be like, hey, what's happening now that, you know, it went over to Peacock? Like, you know, once once I got Future Endeavored, I was just like, I got I to gotta think about myself. Um, I got to start doing things on my own. And the one way to heal is to, is to go to wrestling training. That's a, and that's it. <laughs> I definitely know there's going to be a part two to this because I want to hear about that as well. But I know, I know it, it is that part of the episode where it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I, I, I've, I've come to accept the fact that the Ritster is going to ask the question. So I'm going to throw it to the Rit. Rit, go ahead and ask your question. Okay. We're going to switch things up a little bit. All right. Hot tub time machine. Oh. If we can go back in the time to any match or any event in wrestling history and you get to cover that event what event is it or match and why and i, and I get to cover it um the first thing that popped into my mind is uh to cover uh the wrestlemania the rest um the wrestlemania um events all of them uh, just because that's like a really huge staple in like wrestling history. Um, and just because they gave us great moments uh, before like watering it down to like what we have now. Um, <laughs> um, I would also like to cover like, you know, um, The Rock and Austin, um, The Rock and, and Hogan, because that had like a lot of, you know, feelings to it. I like when pay-per-views or matches have that feeling. Uh, aside from like WWE, um, I would one day love to cover in uh, in person and live a <clears throat> a New Japan uh, Tokyo Dome event, a Wrestle Kingdom event. Um, I never got the chance to. Uh, I I don't travel at all, and that's not because I'm afraid of traveling. I'm just poor. Uh, but I would love to. Uh, <laughs> so to, <are> go to, <laughs> to go to Japan and cover a Tokyo a Tokyo Dome Wrestle Kingdom event. Um, and also like we got to throw AEW in there with their double or nothing, because I think like double or nothing is like their WrestleMania in a way, like the way they build it up. Um, I would like them to get like all in, uh, back and do that. But, um, yeah, WrestleMania stuff, Wrestle Kingdom, double or nothing just to, um, cover it all. Marie, you have so many things, so many things that I think you are so talented in. Not only, obviously, your career in WWE, but the writing as well. And, and everything that you bring to the social media platforms as well. Where can people follow you? Where can people get a hold of you if they would like to continue this wrestling conversation? Pick your brain and, and get your thoughts on some wrestling things. Well, I love uh, wrestling 24-7, as you guys know. And uh, it's been great uh, being on here and talking about myself. So if you want to get to know me further, at Maria underscore shadows on Twitter is where you can find me. Uh, since this is going up on Twitch, you guys can follow me on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Marie Shadows. And if you want to follow me on the YouTube side, 
youtube.com forward slash square circle podcast. If you want to listen to all the audio podcasts and if you love Spotify, Spotify gives you the advantage of giving me a five-star review. So make sure you guys go and do that. Uh, to get there, the easiest way is to go to anchor.fm forward slash square circle podcast that has like every single podcast like platform on there that you can listen to. And the last one is that if you want to help me out even further, I do have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Marie Shadows. That's perfect. You are, you're ready. You're ready to go. You are business. You are business, business, business. I love it. And uh, I can't wait. Hopefully we'll get a chance to work together some more. You have so much great insight, so many great stories, and uh, it is going to be fun in the future. Marie Shadows, it has been awesome. Thank you so much for uh, carving out some time with us tonight. Of course, man. Anytime. I'll be here. <laughs> we'll hey, talk to you, you down the road. All right. Bye. All right, man. How about that? I mean, for, for me personally, Marie is one of those people that I will live vicariously through. And why? Because I will never get a chance to walk into the WWE. I will never get a chance to do all of these things. However, through people that have done it, I feel like I can enjoy that experience in some way. It's almost like a a parent who might not have been the athlete in school, but then their kid ends up making like the junior high team or the high school team. And it's that vicarious feeling like you're happy. Um, I'm happy for her. Um, but I think this is not the end of her story. This is not the end of the no. road for her. There is so much more. And I feel like she's one of those people that will not accept status quo. Like she'll take status quo and say, stick it. You know, and I think she's going to do very, very well because she has that tenacity, but she has that professionalism as well, and she won't get walked on. And I think we need more people like that, more people that are empowered to stand up for what they believe in and to go after it. And I love the line she said. She goes, after about a day and a half, eh, I was over it. I mean, that is confidence personified, and Marie shows that. Yeah, and I, I love, you know, once again, we have another guest on here for Future Stars now. The passion. Yes. You, know, you, you got to have passion to do what you do. And she lives, eats, drinks. If women poop, they even, she even poops pro wrestling. And man, Freeland, I don't know about you, but I, I'm thinking we're going to have to do business with her. Oh, I, I, I definitely think we are. And I think, I mean, how cool is it though? Like it's, it was your dream tour for WWE. You get to work for WWE. Um, you get to call your dad. And, and I was thinking about that when she said that, the phone call. Like, how badass is that? That is a moment that the both of you will remember forever. Like, that's so cool. And, and, and whether it lasted three months, six months, a year, 20 years, the fact that she did it, she was there. No one can ever take that away. And uh, I really think she's going to do well. And guys, continue to follow and support her. We're going to go ahead and get those social media links and the Patreon links and the YouTube links, all that kind of good stuff. We're going to get that up on our uh, Twitter account at uh, Front Row Material. I'll also go ahead and put it on mine as well. Freeland, another one in the books. Another one in the books, my friend. Man, well, we got to get ready because uh, it's almost going to be night-night time, you know? I, I know. The Santa's, fat man's going to be coming Santa's down the chimney. Ready. Whoa, 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 whoa. Santa's what? coming down the chimney. Yeah, the fat, said the fat man can stick it in Alabama. Wow. Oh, hey, hey. Do we want to talk like that, do we? Yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Freeland, we're yes, going to see you next week when, well, our our, our guest next week 
Yes. Bam! Angelina Love. Angelina Love. I am so excited about that, guys. Follow us on social media. Um, We are going to be having so many updates on all the people that are coming back. Just got off the phone with somebody very interesting today. They're going to be making a return uh, to a Front Row Materials brand. They're awesome. They've been here, there, and everywhere. And uh, I'll be releasing that statement very, very soon. So, well, another episode in the books. Yes. He is Mike Freeland. I am the Rit. Thanks for watching Future Stars Now. Merry Christmas, everybody.